0: Product differentiation, by itself, has become indefensible because today's competitors can copy your better, faster, cheaper features virtually instantly. Now, the only thing they can't replicate is that trust the customers feel for you and your team. Ultimately, that's born not of a self-centered mission statement like, we want to be the best in class at X or to disrupt Y, but of a culture whose beating heart is a strategic story that casts your customers as the world-changing hero. It's from Andy Raskin, who is a strategic messaging and positioning consultant at his own company.
1: Yeah, today on the podcast, we're gonna be talking about kind of the ideas of Andy Raskin. It's made a big impression on Nicole and I and how we think about positioning our company and there's some areas there where we agree, disagree, but we'll dig into all that this week. So ready to get started, Nicole?
0: Yep. I'm Nicole Mears.
1: I'm John Davis.
0: And this is our podcast, Shape the Conversation.
1: We work here with a great team in Bend, Oregon, and we work on Shape.io, which is a software platform that helps digital marketing agencies manage ad spend.
0: And just a little bit about us. We left our agency jobs as marketers to build software. So we talk about things like growing the business, entrepreneurship, etc. And
1: in this podcast, we bounced around a bunch of different Topics had some good guests, and today I want to talk about something that has meant a lot to me in 2018, and something that I've thought a lot about that has influenced our marketing. And it's Andy Raskin, and I think I disagree with some some of the parts of his statement in terms of how easy it is for competitors to replicate better, faster features. I don't I don't think software is that replicatable yet, and that's a convenient opinion for a, what is he, a strategic messaging and-
0: And positioning. And
1: positioning coach. I kind of know him as just a guy that writes great stuff I've read on LinkedIn, found him on LinkedIn a while back. And he really has this idea of storytelling and and a customer-centric approach that has really rung true to me. And he illustrates a lot of different examples about how you can look at your product, company, service, yourself whatever you're doing and better position it in kind of like a little five key step process
0: yeah so he says you know and i think this goes against somewhat conventional wisdom of the last Mm -hmm. i don't know 10 years is that pitches shouldn't start with why you shouldn't just you know lambast someone with their problems why they need your product why their life sucks without it because they're going to get defensive And then they're going to get frustrated with you. Mm -hmm. And so he really talks about how great pitches kind of start by naming a change in the world. And then there's, as John mentioned, this five-step process to how you really get that potential customer on your side by convincing them that, you know, there's this enemy, but there's this promised land and this change is happening and there's nothing you can do to stop it. So you might as well jump on board. And um, I'll, I mean, I'll, throw it over to you, but there's some interesting stuff too that, that I think he, he says about how you can start to tell your is really effective. So I'll yeah. bring that back and I up. I think
1: a great place to start is just Google Andy Raskin, LinkedIn feed, go to his articles and start reading through. There's like 75 or 80 of them up there now. And he really walks through a lot of the stuff we're going to talk about today really in depth. Today, I think it'd be a great introduction, kind of give you some quick examples so you can start seeing it, but I really encourage everybody to kind of dig in. Um, And so, one of the ways that Raskin, like you were saying, differentiates himself as opposed to saying like, we make X a lot better and it'll allow you to do Y, he encourages people to name some more macro shift that's going on in the world so an example of like a big undeniable change that creates stakes like one of the famous examples he talks about a lot is salesforce so when salesforce was first getting going companies b2b companies were still using software that was like old school that you'd get shipped a new software version every year and you put it on your computer and you downloaded it and you sounds crazy now.
0: Oh man, CD-ROMs.
1: Yeah, but that was the way it it worked. But Salesforce came in and they said the cloud is the future. Software as a service is the future. Being able to quickly iterate on software that anybody can log into from any place is the future as opposed to having this on-site software. So they talked about that Big change in the world. A more modern example is Drift, a company that talks a lot about how you know the form is kind of dying and people aren't relying as upon email lists to find out about new businesses. They're on social, they're having conversations, this idea of conversational marketing, big undeniable change. A company we've been involved with, we met there, we worked there for a long time together, and they're one of our customers, G5, here in Bend, Oregon. When we were starting there in 2009 the big undeniable change we were talking about we focused on selling marketing and and software services to self-storage companies our big story was people aren't going to the yellow pages anymore to find where they put their self store you know where they're going to store their stuff they're going online
0: yeah if i'm correct uh, i think like a month before i started you guys took like (laughs) 500 yellow pages books i don't even know where you got them and like built something with it, and then either lit it on fire or just took it to the dump
1: well, or recycled we, it, I mean. We built a big chair out oh. of Yellow Pages because we just went around town and asked people, like, are you going to use these Yellow Pages for anything? No. And we you know, were able to identify a big, undeniable change in the world, and that's this first principle of Andy Raskin's five is name that big change that would be happening whether your software exists or not or whether your product exists or not the world would be changing in such a way that you'd be, you know, remiss if you didn't use a product or software or service like the one you're touting.
0: Yeah, I think that's a good point. It's not a result of you. You can't impose your brand story right in the middle of that of yeah. your pitch, which is kind of interesting to say, but you can't say, yeah, this is the result of us yeah. right away. You have to kind of like you lead them to that.
1: And imagine when we were trying to sell to these self-storage owners and operators, we were going in with that pitch that the world is changing. People aren't, you know, you shouldn't be putting so much budget in a yellow page anymore you should literally put that budget into creating a website that's a much more powerful way to go sell somebody
0: yeah he also says it has to be this kind of discrete but a zero to one shift so you know people were using the yellow pages before now they're using the internet and he even says that you have to take that with a little bit of grain of salt like he talks about drift and about how drift really says you know we're getting rid of the email it's all gonna be conversational or conversational marketing but even he admits that many companies still have to use email, and so. But really, this this shift, the zero to one shift.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, the second point of these five is to name that enemy. You know, as Salesforce named on site software as their enemy. Drift has named forms as their enemy. When at G five, when we were working there, we talked about Yellow Pages. That old way of doing it was the enemy. We had client, you know, that were. Their naming convention, they basically named their companies so they could appear at the top of the yellow pages list. Like that was the the world that we were entering into and telling them companies are no longer going to try to name themselves AAA Storage or whatever. To or A1. On, or get on the top. Like they're going to differentiate with their website and showing on top of Google when people search for them. Naming that enemy gives you great marketing material too and allows you to really talk about things that are outside of the scope of really feeling super salesy and like their company you're talking about more of a change in the world and here's this difference here's the and here's the figurehead of this difference. naming that enemy is important
0: yeah so i mean like you said the kind of the next step is to tease that promise land you've named the enemy now you're going to tease the promised land
1: yeah show your prospects customers what it could be like so Salesforce painted the picture of, remember having to wait you know six months for your software company to ship a fix for that bug that you found, and that was slowing your business down and that you're not able to do it. That way of operating is dying. Imagine if that bug could be fixed in one day. You know. Imagine if your software got better every single day you used it. As we learn more about you, the software got better. You could make more sales. You could do all these things with your business drift imagine if you closed the biggest deal of your career as easy as sending a test me- text message to your mom like that is the promised land teasing when we were teasing it at g5 we said imagine not having to wait for just your phone to ring imagine people just booking storage units on your site putting in their credit card completely self-service and they found you on the top of google like that promised land is what you need to also be showing them what it could be like. Number four.
0: Position capabilities for magic for slaying monsters.
1: Yeah, so this is now where Raskin says, start to insert a little bit of how your software now helps people get to that promised land. So instead of talking about like, we built X, Y, Z feature, talk about how, hey, people aren't filling out forms anymore. They want to have conversations with people. Our software is a conversational marketing platform, like Drift does.
0: And and I think in some of the magic there is that it is a conversation, but it's also semi-automatic. And so you can take what you would have otherwise got on a form and put it into a bot, which people typically don't try to hide their bots. You know, mm-hmm. they they say they're a bot right off the bat, but then you get that information in a way that's much more comfortable. It's a conversation. And then if they need more information, they can immediately connect with you. I know, you know, like John said, we use this software. And the moment someone gets to a point where they can't get any more information out of the, information out of the bots that they need, they're immediately, John or Tyler, our VP of business operations are immediately pinged. And then mm-hmm. you guys start an additional conversation with them. So it's kind of a, a very fluid experience for them.
1: Yeah you know whether you're running like a pizza shop even you can think about it this way let's say you know the future is thinner crust gluten-free pizza because it's less calories the enemy calories and all these carbs or whatever the promised land is you can eat pizza and you know be thinner and lose weight we're a thin crust pizza shop you know that's how you position your capabilities to fit into this narrative that of this change that is happening outside of whether I build this pizza shop or not more people are going to be eating thin crust pizza. And that is the way you need to think about it. Like, could your company exist? Should it exist, you know, because of some bigger change or just because you want it to exist or you think it's a good idea?
0: Absolutely. I was going to say if someone could create a magic uh, cauliflower <laughs> pizza crust company and actually have a legit good pizza,
1: you've yeah. got my money. <laughs> Deal. Yep, for sure. And that's where I think... We saw it even when we talked to the CEO of Deschutes Brewery on the podcast. You know, They talked about how they did that in some ways. Like They talked about, hey, the future is more craft beer. People are going to want to drink more craft beer. We deliver some of the best craft beer in the country. Distributors, shops selling beer, your customers are going to want micro brew. Here's where it's going. Here's this change that would happen whether we were making that beer or not. Here's this change that's happening in the world. But you just can't. Have that you know, hollow you know story just out there. You also have to do the fifth point that Raskin talks about, which is present your best evidence. Mm-hmm. This is you know your case studies, your your increased beer sales, whatever you have.
0: Yeah. So John kind of uh, referenced this earlier too. The in the example or the the article that a lot of this example from drift specifically came from it's it's his 2018 the best pitch deck i've seen so far or maybe it's 2017 but um he even shows that one of the i believe it's a ceo who's using this product or a sales guy that's using his product it's a tweet and it says i just landed a huge deal with you know a couple messages on a on the drift bot and like that evidence i mean you can't you can't fabricate that it's like i mean you can't you can't beat that it's huge
1: yeah and people, when they when they feel like they're part of that change and now they're on the leading edge that you're talking about, they're more willing to share it. They're more willing to talk about it because it's something new. It's innovative.
0: The interesting thing, is, I think, is a side effect, and it goes outside of this conversation, is they're also willing to go along with you as a product more. right? Mm-hmm. They're willing to hold your hand or to give you the money as you start to develop even more advanced features because you've brought them to the cutting edge. You've shown them the light. You've shown them this incredible return right yeah. you've that promised land and that most of the time i mean yeah you might be a little skeptical or you might be able to do your due diligence but you're much more likely to be to want to be a you know on the forefront with that company moving forward
1: it makes it very customer centric which is what i really like about the framework and think about it it makes you think about how's the world changing around these people that are your customers it makes you think not about Should we launch this new feature because, you know, our internal team thinks it's a good idea and it's cool and we want to work on it? Or does it help our customers get to this promised land in this chaotic, changing world that they live in and our software or our product or our pizza is this key to helping them slay the challenges that are in front of them?
0: Yeah. And I think one of the the best things to take away that he says, too, is you can't, I mean, yes this is a exercise to go through and create a marketing message right you can do the andy raskin method or you know a variation of it and, and get to a marketing message but in doing this he says you have to commit to making a better future real for your audience if you're yeah. who you're speaking to so you can't just run through steps one through five come up with a marketing message put it out in the world and be like yeah great we're done because that lack of authenticity will show through no matter what you have to commit to making a better world for your customers so that that kind of really stuck with me. And the the other point is is that you know that that message is really resonating with both your prospects and your customers when you start to name that change, that big change in the world that you know is is kind of leading your pitch and that audience starts nodding in agreement. And then they start opening up and they start saying they totally understand this is affecting them in this way. This is what scares them about this this is where they see the new opportunities so i think it's kind of interesting to think about right like as marketers sometimes we can tell that our marketing message is working you know there's that that age-old quote everyone quotes all the time you know 50 percent of my advertising is working i just don't know which half our marketing is working i don't know which half. i hate
1: that quote but go on i know
0: i do too but i'm just saying like to think about how you can see that marketing resonating. And yeah, you'd have to be speaking in person to actually see that come through. But, you know, it's just, I don't know. Yeah, I totally see what you're saying.
1: You can tell when it's connecting and it's less of a. a lot of times if your message is we just solve X problem for Y people, you're really hoping that you're talking to the right person that really has that problem. And I think looking inward, that's what we have done up to date and i think we still do and i don't think we've done a really good job at all of implementing these tactics from raskin yet
0: yeah it's pretty funny i went through our deck right before this and i was looking at it and it's like first couple slides yep yep name a big problem name the enemy okay and we're going into features like yeah. I, so even as john said i mean we're you know we need to go through and, and reevaluate according to this structure because i i actually do really believe in it i think it's you know, the decks that I've seen that follow this are yeah. absolutely. And the great companies motivated. that I've been
1: a part of and the great kind of companies that I, we've sort of witnessed secondhand, they have some aspect of this, all of them. When I went back through and kind of really thought about them, thought about where we've worked, you know, those places, they had a really clean one, two, three, four, five. They could check off all these. And I think that's what we'd encourage people to go out read some many you're asking, think about your product, your service, yourself, you know, how is your career, or what you're doing, feed some bigger change in the macro economy.
0: And I'd be remiss if saying this, like one of the things that I, we even John and I started before this podcast talking about is like, okay, so we know we can apply this to business. We can talk about this from a marketing perspective. But one of the things I want to do is take this and go to our PPC campaigns, right? Because we yeah. are a, a PPC marketing or a digital advertising company. And, and like, can I apply this framework to ads that are 180, a couple more. I think we got the new description line. So like, can you apply that to things that small or or not marketing channels that, you know, kind of are a piece, not the full perspective, landing pages, et cetera. And so I'm kind of excited to take this and and see where else we can apply it other than just our marketing deck.
1: And I think if you're listening to this a few months after it comes out and you're just finding the podcast, hopefully we've you know, implement it a little bit better on our own marketing and, and website too, and go out there and see if this can maybe help you get better ideas for content and sales messaging. Andy Raskin on LinkedIn, check it out. So that's this week's episode of shape the conversation. Remember to rate review, subscribe. We've been getting this week. I got feedback from two less listeners pretty much back to back. One said, I think you guys could be a little bit more concise Others said, I think you could stretch it out a little bit more. So that that's great feedback, I guess.
0: <laughs> we'll work on being more concisely lengthy. Okay. I, I don't I don't know.
1: Not sure what to do with it yet, but
0: we do like to ramble.
1: That we love hearing from people, so keep reaching out and until next time, over and out from Ben Dorgan. Bye guys.